Okay, well, welcome along to another edition of whatever this thing is that I'm doing here, uh, talking about Jordan Peterson, trying to think about some of the the ideas that arise from his work. I have to say, friends, again this week, I haven't read very much of the book that I'm supposed to be talking about beyond order because I've been reading other things. But um, I think one thing in particular I, I've been reading uh, put me in mind of, of Peterson, and uh, I like to bring that directly into the conversation. So... What I'd like to talk about today is I'd like to talk about Peterson's relationship to Christ. And I think that this is an absolutely essential point. It's, it's, it's central to everything that we're talking about here. So I don't know, you may have heard the sermon that I put up on this podcast um, on Sunday for Leitare Sunday and Mother's Day. Uh, but in that sermon, I, I'd been thinking about Peterson while I'd been writing it and I did talk about the possibility of, of living a, a more truthful existence as a result of our own efforts. I said we can do a sort of internal investigation and, and this can help us to live a, a more integrated existence, a more truthful existence. But I also said that that inquiry can only go so far because essentially of the power of sin, because sin clouds our ability to know ourselves truly and to change ourselves truly. And so I think Peterson, and I suppose this applies to the whole self-help industry more generally, they help. They can help us. Of course they can. And we can change ourselves to an extent, but it's always to an extent. And ultimately, we can't save ourselves. We can't ultimately be transformed as much as we might be, and certainly not in a, in a kind of metaphysical or eternal sense, um, through our own efforts. And I think that this observation, which, uh, again, you can hear me talk about this in, in, my, in my sermon, if, if you like, if you're interested. But what I want to say today is that I think this observation could be mapped on to the Christological debate of the, uh, the 4th and 5th century. That's, that might sound a little bit grand, so let's explain what I mean by that. Um, We've got two groups of people in the 4th century, essentially. I'm sure there were more than two, but you you have the Arian group and the non-Arian group, the the group which became the the Orthodox group. And the Arian group said that Christ, although he may be a very exalted creature, was nevertheless a creature in the sense that he was created by the one God. So perhaps he was created at the beginning of of all time. Um, perhaps he's the very greatest of all God's creations, but he is nevertheless not um, not equal with God. Um, he's not of the same substance as God, but he's of a similar substance. Um, so that was the Aryan position, and that's, that's still uh, a position which is held by uh, groups like Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, today. That Christ, although he is exalted, he's not, he's not God. Um, the orthodox view, the view that was ratified by the, the Council of Nicaea, was not that Christ was of a similar substance with God, but that he was of the same substance as God. And this is this is really important for the whole of Christianity, basically. Now, what I was reading was a book about the life of a monk called Antony, St. Antony, which is written by Athanasius. And Athanasius was a fourth century patristic father he was a bishop and he is is probably the most important name in terms of the the debate around uh, christology in the fourth century who was christ 
Athanasius was a, was a guardian of, of this, this orthodoxy, this Christological orthodoxy. And the, one of the interesting things about the biography of St. Anthony, the monk that Athanasius writes, is that he writes into this biography something of this, um, this dispute. So St. Anthony becomes a, a, a voice of Christological orthodoxy in, in the biography, and, and maybe he was. You know, I, I don't. I don't think Athanasius is a, is making it up. Anyway, in the introduction, it got me thinking about Peterson, and I read this quote out: "The monk's actions, this is Antony, and his daily advance in holiness had to be shown to stem directly from the power and grace sent by Christ, the fully divine and co-essential Son of God." Athanasius, that's the author, maintained with Nicaea, the Council of Nicaea, that the salvation and sanctification of mortal creatures depended entirely on the power of the Son of God. The guarantee of the son's power and of his capacity to save humankind was the substance he shared with the father. So in order for us to save, in order for the son to save us, sorry, uh, he had to have the same, that, that salvific power had to come from the substance, the ousia, Greek word, that he shared with the father. And he shares that substance with the father by virtue of his ontology, because he's the same as the father. So in that sense, he, um, in that sense, he is uh, the saviour. And he can only be the saviour because he is equal with God. He's of the same substance as God. And that's very, very important in this whole debate. Now, this uh, the person who wrote this introduction also defines uh, Arianism in this way. Um, as Christ the creature had been chosen and named son on account of works he performed, works foreknown by God, so also Christian believers following the example of his consistent obedience might attain the status of God's sons and daughters. Now that's the that's the Arian view. And in some ways you, you read that and you think, well what's wrong with that? That sounds pretty okay, doesn't it? Following also Christian believers following the example of, of Christ's consistent obedience might attain the status of, of God's sons and daughters. And in itself there's nothing wrong with that. But the the problem with Arianism, well, I mean, there is a problem there because it calls Christ a creature, which implies that he's not God. But the problem with Arianism is, is what it, what it leaves out. I think. I mean, it gets the ontology wrong, obviously, but it also leaves out so much because it emphasises Christ as example, and not Christ as savior. I mean, Christ is not the savior, in the Arian way of thinking, not in the same way that Athanasius saw him as a savior. Anyway, and I think that this dichotomy between. Um, example and saviour is at the root of the Arian heresy and I think that actually this is still something which is completely rife in Christianity today whenever whenever people talk about Christ only as an example uh, and not a saviour this is this is a real this is this is a hallmark of um, Christological heresy and it happens in all in all sectors of the church whether they're conservative or liberal, although I do think it, I do think it's a, I do think it's a besetting sin of of the liberal part of the church that they, they talk about Christ as exemplary, but not Christ as the one who saves us from our sin. So, how does this relate to Peterson? It relates to him because Peterson talks about understanding, and again, you can hear this in the interview with Jonathan Pajot or the conversation with Jonathan Pajot, understanding that Christ is symbolically significant as the perfect man, the perfect human being. He is he is an image of what human beings aspire to. And in a sense, I guess you can understand 
following Christ as trying to become or imitate that image of, of, of a perfect man. So that that emphasizes Christ as example. But what what there isn't there is talk of Christ as a saviour. And I think that that's, that's what's missing from Peterson's account. And that's what's missing from the whole concept of self-help per se. Now, of course, you can add to that, you know, that, that Christ is a saviour and that he can save us as, as well as, as be an example to us. And so we can look to imitate him. And so, if you like, improve ourselves but that that will never be enough. And indeed, this is why I think so many Christians have found Peterson helpful. Uh, you know, as I have, I've said, I've said before, I find him really helpful in, in a number of ways, giving practical guides and psychological help uh, in loads of areas. I think he's filled with wisdom. But as I say, that's the kind of wisdom that might help you to improve your way of living maybe a way of thinking and you may become more healthy but ultimately that won't save you completely because it doesn't entail trusting in Christ as a cosmic savior as well as looking to Christ as an example and I I haven't said anything about Peterson's personal situation on this on this podcast so far and so this is my first comment on it um, listening to his his interview with Pajot and, and reading the introduction, Peterson has has come up against terrible suffering. He says in that conversation that every single day he lives through now is worse, even the best days is is worse than any other day he's ever had in, in his whole life. And he also talks about the way his, his wife has, has been very unwell and she was given basically a terminal diagnosis and she has recovered. Interestingly, he says that she's become more religious in a, in a more straight straightforward way as a result of this and you can see in the conversation with Pajot Peterson wrestling really honestly it's an amazing conversation really honest wrestling with with these ideas and I think that this if I were to try and formulate it I think that this is the question that presents itself to Peterson now who is Jesus Christ is he just a symbolic form of the perfect human life of the perfect man of of the embodiment of truth and, and courage and those sorts of things or is Christ not just those things which he has, undoubtedly is but is he also the savior of the world is he the one we need to look to to save us from the power of sin and, and death which lies over everything and Peterson I feel I feel for him. You know, I want him to know Christ and I pray for him. I don't want him to suffer in this way. But ultimately, it might be that it is through, it's only through this kind of suffering where such a, a man who is so strong in himself, psychologically um, and emotionally, so strong intellectually, uh, powerful, it might be that it's only through this experience of, of, of darkness and suffering that he he can truly come to Christ as as not just example not just the form of the perfect man but also savior as well and I obviously hope and, and pray that that happens so I guess that's my reflection on the whole thing this week um it's not really it doesn't really say anything about ministry or or culture or why why Peterson is is reaching people uh, apart from I, I I suppose to say again that I find his honesty 
and his openness and his integrity really attractive and and that these things are missing a lot of the time from the way that the the church communicates with the world which as i say is in this kind of false authoritative way a lot of the time uh, where whereby people in the church priests and bishops expect the public to listen to them but they don't give them any reason to listen and i think that honesty and integrity and and openness are are good reasons um you know you've got to have something to say you've got to have some kind of content as well you know you can't just be open and vulnerable for no reason at all and expect people to listen to you but that kind of or, or integrity and and um authenticity is one of the reasons it's uh, one of the reasons anyone one of the reasons i find it interesting to listen to to somebody like peterson because that that wrestling of the soul that wrestling of the soul with truth and with god and with these these serious questions you can see that the culture wants this that people want depth they want they want to they want to stand before the mysteries of being and 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 look into them and and to be challenged and to be changed and to be shaped and the church shouldn't the church shouldn't be afraid of 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 going there and again this this does relate to this thing about example and savior because we can emphasize works of charity and we can emphasize doing good but ultimately unless we say no it's not just about doing good but it's also about saying you need jesus to save you from your sin and from from death and from the powers of hell unless we say that we're as well and as less unless that's also part of our message we will just be another group of people who are doing good things and good things are good but the christian message is more than that it's a cosmic message it's a universal and encompassing message and and it's not just about christ as example but christ as savior as well so anyway that's the end i'm praying for peterson you know i hope he gets better i hope his his family with their various health problems get better and encourage everyone who prays and who listens to this to pray for him as well and i hope that he also finds christ not just as his example but also as his savior okay well thanks for listening um you can always email me i've got some really nice emails about this uh these little extras i've been doing um irreverendpod at gmail.com uh, feel free to pass the email around. Follow us on Twitter at IrreverendPod. Rate us on iTunes or anywhere else. There might be that kind of um, f- faculty um, available. And I'll see you next time. Thanks.